Ladies and gentlemen, we have a very interesting show here today. Okay. Let's broaden our minds. I want a cheeseburger. I want a milkshake. I want Taylor's Arts and entertainment. You like it? There is an academic type of word I can apply. Verisimilitude. Holy moly. I'm hot today. This is Let's Talk Arts and Entertainment on WMAY. I'm your host, Kevin Hart. we got a lot going on in the show today. First up, we got State of the Arts with Gus Gordon. Then we're going to talk with Sean Smith, one of the directors of Santa's Workshop Got Talent, premiered on Thursday, but it is available to stream now. Then, talked a little bit with Betsy O'Brien, who is one of the coordinators at the UIS Performing Arts Center. Then a little bit of Way Out Wednesday, and then RoboCop 3 for the Bottom of the Bargain Bin movie review. It's all coming up. First, here is State of the Arts community and of course around the world and i am joined once again with gus gordon how are you doing gus kevin i am great how are you i'm doing pretty good i'm doing pretty good we have a, a lot of things going on this weekend uh in particular we have one show that is opening tonight and yeah. that is santa's workshops got talent that is going to be premiering um through show ticks for you it is virtually that's the cast right there they, had a, they all did a sort of a cast picture, all of them together on Zoom there. So, right. yeah. That's awesome. Those are some talented young people, and that's going to be a really fun show, especially for the kids in your house. They will especially get a kick out of it, but talented youngsters, and um, I really look forward to seeing this one. Me too. They Also, they have the orchestra. They are accompanied by the uh, the symphony orchestra did the score for it as well. So that's that's really interesting. They're uh, um, that they yeah, that's they the uh, Illinois Symphony Youth Orchestra. So youth Orchestra, yes. So this is a young person show through and through, and Cynthia Higginson and Sean Smith put it together uh, for Springfield Theater Center. So it should be a great deal of fun. I think so too, and it's going to be great to see that is tonight. They had their. I'm going to be talking with Sean Smith a little later, but oh, we sure. I there yes, and there we had the. Uh, they had their show, their school show, a couple of days ago where they all – normally – and I was in a, a show a while back, The uh, Misadventures of Mr. Toad. And Were you Mr. They, Toad? No, I wasn't. I was the car salesman. I'm sure that's not surprising. <laughs> but, um, uh, yeah, we did this show where – all the kids who are in the show, of course, get school off and they get to perform for the other kids who get to come as the field trip and they get to watch the show. They they did that with a, a discounted sort of fee that you could do because I think it was about twenty dollars and the the schools, their entire classrooms are pretty much if they have the code. I guess the entire school could watch yeah. the show. And so that was a really cool thing. They were still keeping that going for the kiddos there. And that's really great. Um because that was always such a fun time. It was exciting if you were in the show to be there. But then, right. of course, you know, everybody loves, you know, leaving school for a field trip. But then you get to see, you know, some of your friends are in it. So that was always fun to do. So that they already had that. They're premiering the show tonight. And that is another show you'll be able to rent and watch pretty much any time after the premiere. If you get the ticket and then you, you're able to watch, to watch the, the show. It's but it, it always is, though. Yes, yeah. it, it really is. Cause it it's cause you want that feeling like you you know you know when you go see a show uh, live in the theater and it's you know you can't say oh, I'm gonna buy the ticket and even though this show I'm gonna watch it whenever which is it, it's 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 very convenient to do now but it it is nice to just say hey the premiere is tonight we're gonna go watch it so that is tonight if you want but if if of course you can't 
there is that option that you'll be able to do that. But then also you have a show coming up at the uh, Hoagland Center for the Arts as well. And we talked a bit about it last week, and that is the Christmas Carol, the Zoom production of A Christmas Carol. And there it is right there. We uh, taped it on Saturday, and then we did a few um, a few uh, reshoots, let's see, Monday night. Monday okay. night Tuesday night. Tuesday night, I guess. And we, we put it together. It scored. Um, we're doing the sound effects tonight. Ryan Mitchley and I are, are getting here at the Hoagland. We'll both be on other sides of the stage, and we've got a microphone going, and we're going to listen to the recorded program and then add in the appropriate sound effects, and then Ryan will m- mix that. But it really, I, I watched a rough cut of it this morning. It's really, I, I was very pleased with it. Now, it is not a normal show. I will be the first to admit that. But it really was very compelling. Um, we've got some great performers in it. Dennis Rendleman, the Scrooge, Pat Foster, you saw in that picture, is Jacob Marley. We also have Lee Steiner and Kevin Ford as the ghost of Christmas past and Christmas mm-hmm. present. We have uh, Osme Vigason, her husband, James Daniels, as Bob and Martha Cratchit. We have Willa Daniels, their daughter, as one of the Cratchit kids. Campbell and Cooper Coker are also Cratchit kids. Uh, Joe Michael Jackson as Fred. My wife, Claire Gordon, as um, Dr. Claire Gordon. Nice. um, uh, As Belle and Fred's wife. We have Cinder Reitzman and I doing some of the character parts along with Brett Rutherford. Um, Charlie Holtzmacher is playing not only Jack Frost in... Santa's Workshop Got Talent, but also he's playing Tiny Tim for us. So it's just a, a really nice. fun group of people. Many of us are playing multiple roles because we had to limit it with StreamYard, this, what you and I are using right now and what we did yep. with that. Uh, you have to limit it to 10 people. So mm-hmm. we had to cast some families together so they could share the screen. Right. But it really um, exceeded my expectations. I was very, very pleased with it. And uh, I, I, I hope the audiences enjoy it. It'll be available Sunday night at 7 o'clock is our premiere. And we'll be running that um, so that people can buy their ticket on Show Ticks for You. They can tune in at 7 o'clock, watch it as it's happening. And then on the next day, the 21st, they uh, will be able to watch it whenever. It'll be available video on demand through January 1st, so just for a week and a half or so. But it'll be a great opportunity to um, you know, see one of the holiday classics done in a way that I have never seen it done before. Yeah, <laughs> like, me neither. Like you're seeing right now on the screen. It's, mm-hmm. But there, there are costumes. There are some special effects. Uh, Brett Rutherford, um, in addition to being a, a great uh, actor and voice actor, he's also very good with some of the animations and visual effects, so he helped us out with that. Ryan Mitchley is just a, a video genius. He's worked on a lot of films including the very popular Sharknado series. Oh, nice. And Ryan lives here in Springfield, and he's been a a wonderful co-director, partner on this. And uh, I want to thank his wife, Laura, for letting him work so hard on this during the holiday season. They have two young daughters, and I know it's been a struggle for her to let Ryan be free to do this. So I appreciate Laura as well as all the other people. Renee Blank did the costumes for us. And, nice. Uh, yeah, little. It, I I hope people will enjoy it. It's so different. I hesitate to say, "Oh my God, you're gonna love it," but I, I loved it. I really enjoyed it, and I, I think yeah. people will too. 
I think so. Yeah. If, I mean, and definitely Ryan, he did the work he did on Dracula and I was there with him while he was, uh, while he was filming, directing it and when he edited it together. So I know that is going to be, that is going to be great. Uh, yeah. excited to see that in this format, uh, it, it is zoom show that a lot of, you know, it's a, it's a new thing and it's, it's a new way of seeing a, a story that, you know, very well. So it'll be interesting to see that. And that'll be available at premieres the 20th, you said. Right, twentieth Sunday night at seven o'clock, and you mm-hmm. know this is this is most definitely a hybrid production. Um, it is readers theater, so we it's a little it's a little deceptive because we have the script right in front of us on the computer screen, so right. we can be looking at the computer and it looks like we've memorized it until you see our eyes darting around a little bit. <laughs> yep. But there there is movement, there is action, there's costuming, so it's not just people reading. Um, it, it, and it's not a fully staged show, obviously, but it's a it's a nice hybrid that um, has a lot more movement to it than you would think for a Zoom production. We are going to have Santa's Workshops Got Talent. That is the new show coming up at STC. I am talking with one of the directors, Sean Smith. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks, Kevin. Thank you. It's good. Doing good. I, so, to, uh, Talk to me a little bit about this show, this uh, Santa's Workshops Got Talent, because I've had Cynthia on. I, uh, I've, uh, I've, of course, uh, read up on it. I've, uh, I, you know, been promoting it a little bit. But talk about what what the show is all about, uh, what we can expect to see. Well, you can expect to see a lot of awesome talent. That's for one. That's one thing for sure. Um, these kids are amazing and talented. And you're going to see a lot of uh, Christmas cheer and happiness, which I think all of us need a little bit of that right now. So it, it takes place in Santa Claus's workshop and they've all been snowed in because of this big blizzard. And uh, they've decided to go virtual, just like the rest of the world has right now. And they're <laughs> learning, they're learning to, uh, to do things on a virtual format. And then uh, as they're doing the show, uh, the elves come in and they do something special and uh, the reindeer do. And then something happens and they get attacked by some some villains and they have to overcome that. And it, it talks about the spirit of um, Christmas and the, and holiday cheer. Wonderful. And so how long have you been directing or just in general, how long have you been doing theater either here in the area or wherever? Um, I have been doing theater for 31 years. Nice. (laughs) Yeah, I uh, graduated in 1989 with a theater degree and I've been acting and I've been directing. I've directed for Jacksonville when we used to have our theater guild here. And uh, and then I went to Springfield and I've directed for uh, the Hoagland Education Program. And I've been able to direct at TIP. Nice. And I've also taught a lot of acting classes for uh, kids, teenagers, little bitty ones. So and then I actually teach theater at JMS uh, here in Jacksonville. Nice. That's awesome. That's really great. The so. How did you and Cynthia go about picking this show? I uh, understandably, of course, it is during this time of quarantine. We're doing a lot of uh, online streaming shows and endeavors. But uh, why this show? How did you guys come to pick this uh, this Santa's Workshop Scott Talent? Uh, there is a company called Pioneer Dramatists, and that's a company that I use a lot with JMS with my school, and they put out a lot of um, really cool 
uh, cute little plays and they specialize in plays and musicals for kids. And we wanted to do something for the kids because we knew that they, you know, being theater people ourselves, we're all craving that and we're, you know, we're missing theater. And so we wanted to get them together and have them connect and we wanted to do something fun. And this actually came to me on my school email and they, they were trying to promote some of their virtual shows. And I took a look at it and I presented it to the STC board and Cynthia and I got together and we read and really liked it and thought, why not? I apologize. You're breaking up a little bit there, um, but you said that you and Cynthia got together and uh, got together with the board to pitch the show. Yes, we pitched the show to the board after I um, I looked at I found it on Pioneer Dramatists and right. we thought it was the perfect length. And we, you know, we wanted to do something with the kids. So yeah, we pitched it to them. Nice. That's awesome. And so uh, also talk a little bit about the music because this is also uh, some young, uh, some young performers are being involved in the, the soundtrack or the score to the music, the, uh, to the show. Yeah. uh, We wanted some, some music for the choreography for the reindeer because they had to do a dance Nice. And we thought, you know, why not involve as many young people as we can? So we uh, asked the Youth Symphony Orchestra if they wanted to uh, re- if they wanted to record for us. And we worked out a song that everybody could uh, do and that would be easy for the for the dancers to learn. And we brought them on board. And so they got to they had to they were able to experience it as well. Great. And uh, something I also want to ask about uh, is with doing a show virtually and doing it almost completely over zoom most of the rehearsals over zoom uh, how was that process of rehearsing and recording performing uh what are some of the snags that you might have hit uh doing doing it just completely virtually uh one of the kids were awesome um yeah. trying to get them together you know on this one of the problems we was obviously technology making sure that all of the kids were able to get on with us and uh, they had some, we had some audio issues sometimes. Uh, we had some kids that were three of uh, three or four in the household and they were all on different computers. And so, you know, that was draining the uh, technology a little bit. So we, we had to work around the glitches and we had to work out the virtual backgrounds because we wanted them all to have look, make them look like they were at Santa Claus's workshop, but then some right. of them were disappearing into the virtual background. <laughs> so we had to uh, get rid of those. But um, the, that was about the only thing really. Uh, the dancing was a little hard because they had to all learn a choreographed dance and then try to make it look cohesive. But yet, yeah. you know, instead of being next to each other, they were in all different rooms. So that was a challenge for them, but I think they really did a great job overcoming those challenges. Nice. That's great. That is, that is really great. The, the, I guess, let me ask what, how, how important is it that we have uh, that, especially young people this time have something to do uh, theater wise, because we've seen a lot of productions uh, and a lot of uh, concerts and such the like, that have been going on, um, but uh, especially around the holidays, how important is it for the for the young performers uh, to have something to do uh, for this? Yeah, it's very important. You know, um, it's important for their their mental health, and you know they haven't been able to be around their friends, 
and be able to socialize. And so they, we were kind of concerned about that aspect of it because normally when we get together as a cast, we get really close with each other and we consider ourselves a family. And we knew that the kids were, were missing that. And uh, it was really neat to see how um, they came alive and they were so excited. And we ended up having to open up the uh, the chat rooms for them a little early because they were they wanted to talk to each other and they wanted to socialize and, and visit with each other. And it was really neat to see them do that. And they were uh, very appreciative because they said, you know, they're missing this. They're missing being able to to be normal and do things with their with their peers. So it was, I thought it was really important for them to do that. And we're hoping that we can do it again with them soon. Yes, absolutely. What, uh, and you, speaking of chat rooms and uh, Cynthia talked to me a little bit about this, uh, afterwards, after the show, usually at, as we're accustomed to after shows, uh, you go out, uh, into the audience out in the lobby and you talk to people, uh, congratulations, catching up with people. You guys are doing something, uh, a, a little bit of something like that with this show, aren't you afterwards? Yes, tonight after the show is over with, um, you can stay online with the with the cast and they're, they're gonna actually come on with us and you're gonna get to talk to them and you're gonna get to chat with them. And they are really excited about this um, because yeah, you, you miss that social aspect of it. And you know, to doing the jokes um, that, that you're gonna see tonight, the audience yeah. will most likely be laughing, especially at the puns, but they don't get to hear <laughs> that. You know, they don't get to hear right. the audience laughing at them and, and enjoying the show. So this is gonna give the audience a chance to let these kids know just how much they appreciate it and how, how good they were and to be able to ask them questions. That is that's great. That That's great. Well, uh, so we have about, Probably about, I guess, two hours now to the premiere of the show. How are people going to be able to watch this through a platform and how can they get their tickets? Uh, they can go to uh, the, the showticks.com is the site that we're using. Yep. And you can go on there and uh, you can find STC. Uh, they'll have the different uh, venues that you different organizations that have uh, shows there and you can click on STC and you click on that and then it will have the choices for you and you can buy the tickets. All right. That is tonight. That is at seven o'clock and you will be able to, if for some reason you weren't able to catch this tonight, you will be able to watch it again, right? There'll be, it'll be up for a little bit of time. Yes, it will be on demand so you can buy it. Uh, you can rent it. And once you rent it, you'll have 48 hours to watch it and it will be available all the way past Christmas. I think January 4th is when it is. is it's So even if you miss it but, or if you love it so much and you want to watch it again after Christmas is over, you can, right. you can watch it again. Super. All right. Well, that will be that is tonight at seven o'clock. There's show ticks for you and also on demand to through the beginning of January. If you want to catch it again or if you're not able to catch it tonight, it is Santa's Workshops Got Talent, the show from STC. And I am talking with the director, Sean Smith. Thank you so much for joining me. And we will do this again sometime soon. Yes, thanks, Kevin. I was glad to be on. I am the Education Connections Program Coordinator uh, here at UIS Performing Arts Center. So I do all of the educational outreach and all of the educational programming. Nice. And how did this this concert, the We Stream a Little Christmas, how did this all come together? Well, we were just thinking about, um, you know, in this year of 2020 and how everything is different, we were thinking about all of the kids who've been 
you know, learning their instruments and practicing all year, but they haven't had a chance to really perform or show anyone what they've been up to. And uh, as performers, that can be really rough. Yeah. So we wanted to put something together where um, where these kids could safely uh, do that, where they could safely perform and, and give them a chance to to show their loved ones and their friends, you know, some of what they've been working on and how they've developed. But you know, everyone stay healthy. Yeah. <laughs> the the good thing is, is you know, out of uh, out of difficulty comes opportunity. Is that in doing it online, you know, that live really far away who might not be able to come to a recital that was in person before can now can now see them perform from anywhere in the world, really. Yeah, it's great, and that is one of the that is one of the big. Um, I mean, there's a lot of positives to go with the new streaming that is going on with a lot of the shows, but that is one of the biggest ones that, you know, people, you know, sometimes if you were in a show where you were in a recital, you know, your friends and your family would come from all around to try to come see it, but they can watch it in the safety and the comfort of their own homes. Uh, is this concert, is this completely done live? Is it completely recorded or is it a mix of both? Well, it's a, it's a little bit of both in that we had all of the students come in uh, individually, one at a time, and they recorded it. Uh, they pre-recorded it, but live to tape. So it was uh, recorded live, right. but we we took all of those live recordings and edited them together into one recital. Awesome. And what is the age range for the for the students and everybody who is participating in this concert? It's a, a very broad range. I think our youngest was five years old. Wow and just delightfully adorable <laughs> and uh it goes we've got many up in the high school range so we've got a range of ages and a range of uh skill and you can just see just how, how these students are learning their their passion their love and their skill at piano yeah and what sort of this is a, a we stream a little Christmas. Uh, it's a Christmas concert. Some of the some of the Christmas favorites are going to be there as well. Is it all Christmas music? Just completely, a, of course, around the Christmas time, Christmas concert. It's a it's a Christmas concert, so it's got a lot of the Christmas favorites. There are some non Christmas songs interspersed, so you won't get uh, overwhelmed by you know hearing <laughs> Oh Holy Night eighty times. I believe we only have right. one Oh Holy Night. Uh, <laughs> But it's it's a good it's a good mix. And it's, you know, the the days we spent filming, it did fill me with a lot of the, the holiday cheer and spirit that I I I wanted and I needed uh, in, in this time where I can't get together with my friends and family, just like everyone else. So I'm hoping that that can uh, that can continue and can go on to everyone who tunes in. Yeah, I think so. I think that's going to be that is going to be really great if the. It, so if th this concert is tomorrow night, um, well, actually this this will be this will be airing tomorrow. So it is tonight on Friday, and is this going to be the only performance you're going to have to catch this one, or will it be uh, streamed also at other times? Uh, it will debut uh, at 7 p.m. tonight, Friday, right. and uh, we will be leaving it up for um, another day or two for those who might miss miss that initial performance but i do recommend you know for those of you who like me miss live performance yes the, the 
there is still an experience to be had of tuning in with everyone else at the same time and experiencing the music together, even from your own home. Right. That live, I was, I was just talking uh, earlier today about there was a, you know, that experience of, of, you know, being in the theater, being in the, in the space, just watching it live for the first time. Uh, it's, it's one of those things, us uh, theater and performance people, we love uh, so much about that. And it, it is great with streaming that we're able to see things uh, in the convenience of whenever or wherever we may want to, but it is also important to remember that with live performance and all sorts of performances there, in many cases, you do have to be there right when it starts and you have to do that to make sure you get to see it. Uh, what do you have planned for UIS uh, going forward? Are there any uh, are there any other concerts in the similar vein to this that will be coming up in the next couple of weeks or months or what is coming? Uh, what's coming next? The UIS music department um, does have a number of slated concerts uh, and performances that you can check on uh, uispac.com slash streaming which is uh, exactly where you can tune in to see this uh, this concert tonight. But if you pay attention to that, you'll see uh, coming up in the future when the new semester starts, a number of uh, performances from the UIS music uh, faculty and students. And, you know, now that we've got this under our belt, I think we're gonna see a number of, a number of other things that we're, we're gonna stream. And if, you know, my, my goal and my job is to always try and be reaching out to the community. And uh, if anyone is listening and has ideas that of, of ways that we can serve the community uh, and be of, of use to the arts, arts education uh, throughout the community, I would love for them to contact me and let me know what they're thinking. Cause you know, you never know. It might be something that we can we can do. So if they'd like to, they can uh, reach me at eobri4 at uis.edu. Wonderful. Well, I hope people do contact you uh, to make sure that because there are all sorts of listen. You may think, oh, I don't, I don't know. This idea seems kind of. I'm not sure about it. Send it in. You never know. It could make a really great theme or even some sort of concert. So make sure you get those ideas in and make sure to tune in tonight at seven o'clock to watch. We stream a little Christmas, the virtual piano concert. Betsy O'Brien, thank you so much for joining me and. Uh, you know, break legs, fingers, everything uh, for Thank this performance. And now a little bit of Way Out Wednesday. Krampus is ba basically kind of like Devil Santa. Uh, and it goes back to, like, Germany and a long time ago. It's a lot of the Eastern Bloc countries that mm -hmm. celebrate Krampus, such as Austria, Germany, Hungary, Slovenia, and the Czech Republic. And what Krampus does is while Father Christmas prepares to reward nice children with gifts... Uh, Krampus comes through, and they say basically, literally beats people into being nice. Well, that's one way to do it. <laughs> so there are videos you can check online of on Krampus night, people dress up like cosplaying as Krampus, coming through neighborhoods and scaring the bejesus out of these poor kids who are just hoping to get something from Santa, but instead get a visit from Krampus. Yeah, I got you two things for Christmas. Both of these hands. Come here. Yeah. <laughs> and therapy for and having therapy. a devil show up at your front door. Yeah. Uh, basically, Krampus would swat wicked children, stuff them in a sack, and then take them away. 
What a wonderful tradition. Yes. Of Krampus. And it's still not as scary as Holiday Inn when Bing Crosby comes out with blackface. You know what? Yeah, exactly. I'd rather I'd rather have Krampus visit my house <laughs> than that being played in my house. That is yeah. for sure. Yes. Uh, speaking of beating children. Um, <laughs> what a segue. What a segue. Wow. Wow. That's <laughs> so. Uh, I, I love we, this story. Our child, um, not our child, but America's child. You guys all know the Paul brothers, Logan and Jake Paul. Yeah, the YouTubers, aren't they like pranksters or something like that? They, they're pranksters, but they're also really annoying and childish. And, and, and terrible people. Yeah, and I, I know some of you have wanted to probably beat them up for a while. And uh, unfortunately, Nate Robinson didn't get the chance no, to beat him up. No, Nate Robinson got knocked the F out. He did. If you guys want to want throw back to a week or two ago, Oh, here's what happened there. Yeah, in the undercard, here they are, just kind of locking up. Whoa! Boom. See that? Wow. And down goes Robinson. Down he goes. Quicker than the market when COVID hit. Yes. Hey, hey, got a, got a, got a, got a, got a financial joke there. That's yeah, exactly. Bad. Bam. Yes, but so... Jake Paul has come out with a video dissing on Conor McGregor, who you may remember. Could there be a way that Krampus beats the crap out of both of them? Those are two awful people. They are both terrible, and I would love to see that happen. I would yeah. love to see Krampus stuff them in a bag and throw them in a river. <laughs> Literally beat them beat, and throw them in a bag. Beat yes. them into being nice. That would be do great. We have, do we have the promo, though, that one of the, what is it, Jake Paul? Jake that Paul. Wants to fight Jake Paul put out this video, which I'm going to tell you guys, um, I had to edit it because I, I, I had to edit whole things out of it because if I bleeped them or whatever, you wouldn't even be able to understand it. So this is a truncated uh, diss on Conor McGregor. Okay, diss track. My team sent you a $50 million offer this morning. $50 million cash, Google funds, the biggest fight offer you've ever been offered, but you're scared to fight me, Conor? No, he's not. You definitely because you don't want to lose to a f***ing YouTuber. You're all one as a boxer. I'm 2-0 as a boxer. I just came off He fought Floyd Mayweather. Person. Conor McGregor fought Dustin. Floyd Mayweather, who's one of the pound-for-pound pound best boxers in the world. <laughs> and he's like, oh, yeah, I beat Nate Robinson and some other stiff. Yeah, come on. Let's go. Yeah, I mean, anyway, so so he continues. Over, who has less followers on Instagram than my dog. That's a fact. And Dana White, ugly, bald bitch. You said there's 0% chance for this fight happening. Conor, you're scared. Dana, you're scared. Sign the contract, you idiots. Jesus. Irish bitch. So that's him. Oh, okay. That's our. That's our. Uh, that's our. That's our boy, Jake Paul. Uh. So. Uh, so we're all. You're. Why, why do you have to make me root for Conor McGregor? Yeah, exactly. Like I hated him already. Like I said, what I'm rooting for is Krampus to take them both away. Please, that would be uh, that would be so great, because we do not. Need Jake Paul or Conor McGregor to be no. in any sort of position of I won anything. No, and we and we don't need this next gentleman uh, telling people what they can and cannot cannot wear. All right. Um, normally, you get we get Bridezilla stories, right? Yes. This time around, it's uh, a guy went to Reddit, an anonymous man, thirty-two years old, who says he comes from a quote very religious household, and explained that it's against his family traditions for his partner, who's twenty-three to wear a white dress on the wedding day for the reasons you think he would say. Mm. He says, quote, So me and my soon-to-be wife are planning to get married in a few months. I come from a very religious household with strong Christian beliefs, and one of the traditions of my family is if the woman getting married isn't still a virgin, they shouldn't wear a white dress on their wedding day. Um, here's the thing, buddy. If, she's, if you're one of the reasons why that happened, 
Then that's on you. That's on she you, She should buddy. be able to wear her white dress, you yeah. dig dumb. And, 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 you know, I understand you are both over 18, you're both even over 21, but she's 23 and you're 32. That's weird. Yeah, that's that, kind of weird. That's a large age gap. Yeah, nine years is a little weird, but if you're in Hollywood, it's fine. He goes on to say, <laughs> my wife was really upset when I asked her if she could wear a colored dress on her wedding day, but she agreed, so we're looking at getting glittery blue dresses instead. She's saying she won't, uh, and now she's having second thoughts, though, going on. But now she's saying she won't marry me because she's too humiliated by the whole situation. He has the audacity then to end by saying, but I really don't see how it's a big deal. Ah! You made it a big deal, you dingus! Yes. Ugh. Please, can we make this guy wear, like, one of those sky blue 70s tuxedos? Please, please. With the, with the, with the giant tips. Oh, yes. And, oh, my please. God. Just, you, please. You know, I think I got it. I found another person Krampus has to yes. knock the crap out of. This guy, yeah. He needs yeah. to... This is not a picture of him. This is a, a stock photo. Yeah. But uh, That anonymous guy, if we can trace it back, Krampus, another one for you, my friend. Uh, yes. Beat away, Krampus. Beat, Beat away. away. Beat him. Yeah. It's time for Bottom of the Bargain Bin. With Kevin Hart. <laughs> Welcome back to Bottom of the Bargain Bin. I'm your host, Kevin Hart. And my, let me tell you something about my favorite movie, RoboCop. I love that movie so much. Is it the best movie ever made? No, it isn't. My favorite movie for a long time was Goodfellas, and that's probably up there. But for personal reasons, RoboCop is probably my favorite movie. I saw it a long time ago on TV and fell in love with it ever since. I own almost every release of it. Uh, I'm on the Blu-ray. I helped compile some of the uh, sources for the some of the special features on the television edit of it. So if you watch that section on the Blu-ray, you'll see special thanks to moi. So it's pretty interesting to see a little bit of tidbit there, but <laughs> enough about me. Let's talk about this horrible movie, RoboCop 3. So RoboCop has had a few different uh, iterations. They had, of course, the sequel, RoboCop 2, this RoboCop 3. And there's also a TV show called Prime Directives, which is live action. There is a, a, uh, a cartoon aimed at young children. And then the recently, about six years ago, it was remade. I'll have to look at the remake sometime. But RoboCop 3 is a, a movie that... Controversial. I have been very divided. I used to put this movie in a high regard, such high regard, that I almost put it above the original movie. Uh, and that was a long time ago. And I've since then thought it was one of the worst movies ever made. At one point it was in the middle. But it's always interesting to take a look back at this movie. The first two movies were extremely violent. Uh, the first movie almost got an X rating and they had to re-edit it. 17 times until they were able to cut it down to an R rating. Uh, they upped the violence in the second movie, and then the third movie was PG-13. Now, even though RoboCop was extremely violent, there, there, a lot of kids watched it. That's why they had the kids cartoon. C cartoon came out either in the late 80s or early 90s, but this was a kid's, this was not a kid's property, but it was marketed towards kids very much so, which is kind of in line with how the film is. There's an ad in the original RoboCop for a, a board game that is like Battleship, except it's called Nukem, and you just blow off a nuclear bomb. It's pretty funny, but the, the, they actually did that now with RoboCop. They have all these kids, hey, you can buy the Cap Gun uh, RoboCop at 209. It's, you know, it's a lot of fun. But 
So they said, hey, let's market this movie towards kids. One of the main characters is a kid. Uh, all the, vi the violence that is in it is very exaggerated and cartoonish. Uh, the villain is pretty cartoonish. He's this guy who talks with a British accent named McDaggett. And then there's also this uh, Japanese uh, robot with a samurai sword. Uh, it's an odd movie. It's really weird. And uh, look, a movie not being R isn't the basis for it being bad. Some of the best movies ever made are G or PG. It's not that big of a deal. But with a movie franchise like this, it's really... You want it to be consistent with the other movies. And so it being violent is one of those things. And the violence wasn't just violent to be violent. Okay. It's, some of it in two was. But it, it was so over the top, it was almost to the point of parody in that first movie. And there are some... Uh, with the violence, there are some things that are thematic that a Robocop... His arm gets blown off, or his hand at least, gets blown off by the bad guys. And he uses uh, a data spike on this hand that was blown off to kill the bad guy at the end. I'm sorry, spoiler for a well over 30 year old movie but i thought i'd throw that out there because it's a little piece of piece of information for you there but this movie they they marketing they really wanted to market this movie to kids because robocop appears with a jetpack <laughs> he has a jetpack and some mega man arm cannon if you want to take a look at this now he shoots out you know like a like these bombs out of it rapid flamethrower shots you know and then he flies around on this jetpack, and it's cool. I think it looks pretty cool, but of course, you know, <laughs> not what he would. You know, the whole thing was that RoboCop was this guy who he turned into a robot, but he was still a cop. And this, it's like, hey, Superman, he's flying through the air, and all this. And the little kid is not much better. Uh, the little girl is the uh, another main character. Uh, her name is Nico. She's a computer wizard. She's able to rewire Ed 209, who is the big robot that kills the guy at the beginning of the first movie. She's able to rewire him into this loyal as a puppy, as she puts it. It's a really weird scene. Not, yeah, it's kind of cringy. So the whole basis of the movie is that Omni Consumer Products is rushing people out of old Detroit to make way for Delta City, and they're using the rehabilitation squads, or they're called rehabs, and they use them, in addition to pushing these people out, to uh, cause chaos and say, hey, you know, this is, we have to... Uh, OCP, Omni Consumer Products, they have to take care of all of this, and they have to take over everything. There's a big corporate takeover happening at the moment with a Japanese company. That's where the Japanese samurai robot comes in, and he is dispatched to take care of RoboCop. And he almost does. He's, he cuts off a couple of his limbs, but RoboCop, of course, comes back as the Nokia brick phone to the... To, I guess, the, I don't know, the iPhone robot. I saw that as a, as a comparison one time. I thought it was kind of funny, but... Anyways, of course, the uh, Japanese samurai robot is not able to take on RoboCop, but there's two of them, and they face off at each other near the end. And our uh, little hero, Nico, is able to reprogram them to fight each other. This is just a little fun scene. Isn't that so cute? So, uh, the, the RoboCop joins a gang of these rebels, these people that... Uh, 
quite literally live underground, some of them, that are running away that don't want to be part of this new uh, rehabilitation program. And they are fighting against the man. There's also some of the cops that fight against them, but of course there's still some that want to be loyal. And there is a big war out in the streets near the end of the movie, and it's, it's a pretty epic scene. Uh, still, still pretty silly and on the nose. You have RoboCop flying through the air, uh, at, during that scene, and you know, of course, he's just laying down, and they're in front of a green screen, and he's <laughs> circling around, shooting at people. But hey, it's for the kids. It's a kids' movie. On top of that, on top of everything, let me tell you about this villain. His name is McDaggett, and he is this. He's I am the owner of this corporation and I am going to take down everybody who's poor and everybody who doesn't think like I do and of course this RoboCop has to go and he's just boring I mean he's just this I am this uh, I am the British man and you have to listen to what I say and he gets his legs uh, burned at the end and then he dies in an explosion yay as you can tell, I don't think too highly of this movie anymore. It's fun. I would watch it if it's on TV or something, because it really is just, it's a it's an odd little movie that certainly is not as good as the other two at all. I think Rotten Tomatoes has it at 4%. I think eh, it's a little low. It may, maybe in like the 30, 40% range, I'd say. Because you can still get some enjoyment out of it. The special effects are, uh, most of them are pretty decent. Some, some of them are pretty bad. There's a part where RoboCop is hobbling around and you can clearly see uh the actor as you can see his like shoulders even though his arm's supposed to be off and speaking of robocop don't know how i didn't mention this earlier i guess i'm going all over the place here the actor who plays robocop is not peter weller peter weller played him in the first two movies he even uh played him in the kfc ad recently but now is he's, he's played by a guy named Robert John Burke, who does a pretty good job, but his voice is a little bit off. But uh, anyways, you really only see his jaw for most of it, and then his face, and he looks enough like Peter Weller, so you know, I, I didn't care as much. It never really bothered me. You missed a segment. Hello? Hello? Anybody home? You can find it at WMAY.com slash arts and entertainment. You can hear the full shows, some of the clips, some of the things you might not even hear on the air. Interactive appetite, searching for a website, a window to the world, got to get online. Take a spin, now you're in with the techno set, you're going surfing on the internet. Thank you once again for listening in. I'll see you next week here at 11 a.m. WMAY.